Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Inside Southwest Florida Football, the podcast where we tell you everything there is to know about football in Collier and Lee Counties, even a little bit of Charlotte County, Henry County. I'm Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News, here as always with my co-host, my partner in crime, Adam Regan from the Fort Myers News Press. Adam, what's up? Podcast number two is up. It is up, man. We had a pretty good time in the uh, the, the first episode. I think we got a pretty good response. People were telling me they listened to it. Did you hear that, too? Yeah, I even had an official come up to me oh, on yeah? the sideline and uh, say, I liked your podcast. I was like, I did nothing. I <laughs> I just show up. So. Well, none other than uh, the dean of, of coaches in Collier County, Bill Kramer, told me to listen to it. So, so Bill is listening. So that's a big time. If he's our one listener, I'm good with that. <laughs> so so you wanna, do you want to get into uh, the – We'll we'll look back at the preseason classics because I think they'll tell us a lot for what we're going to expect this week. Yeah. But we'll start with Adam. Who looks strong from Collier County? Um, A team that we knew was going to be strong but looked stronger than I guess I imagined was Immokalee. I think they looked very impressive, especially considering um, it was a new guy that looked really good for them. Raheem Toombs, a guy we mentioned, I believe, last week who we knew was going to be really solid. 160 yards rushing. Charles Toombs, his older brother, we knew he was a defensive stud, a good receiver. He filled in at quarterback for a bit as uh, R.J. Rosales went down with a minor injury. supposed to be back this week. So they impressed me. Golden Gate impressed me. We'll talk about surprises later, but th- but those were two people that impressed me that we thought were going to be good, kind of lived up to expectations. And no shock from Lee County, Fort Myers, just in three quarters, just smacked Cape, scored 29 unanswered. No shock there. Dunbar, with all the talent they had, they shut out East Lee County. Again, no surprise. But then uh, the trendy pick to be a surprise in Lee County, Riverdale, mm-hmm. smacked Cypress Lake. I mean, just dominated them 43 to nothing, scored on eight of their nine drives, held Cypress Lake to two first downs only, negative yardage. Could be interesting with them this and, year. And you had talked them up. You were actually looking forward to that game. You thought Cypress Lake would do a, a little better showing. So I kind of looked at it afterwards. What, they rushed for like 400 yards, Riverdale? Over 400 yards. Man, that's impressive. That, that could be fun, that district. So Riverdale, I started that trend. The that's trend right. You were the I first one on board. This, this is true. Next, we'll move on to... What players impressed you the most? Uh, players that we weren't expecting to to really show out as early as they did. At Golden Gate, they've got a new quarterback, Ryan Magel. I think I'm saying that right. He had some good tosses. Their old quarterback is back, Jay Harrard, and they got Javinsley Bazil, a uh, Washington State commit. So we knew those, those two were, were going to be really good. But their quarterback looked good. Another new quarterback who impressed me was um, at Baron Collier, Jason Grimes. He's a kid. He's a junior. He kind of beat out the guy that was expected to be the starter there, and he only had eight completions. Four of them were to touchdown for, for touchdowns. It helps. He has a lot of uh, good athletes there, including Jaden Roll. But um, as far as quarterback play, you know, that, that was pretty uh, good for Baron Collier. Can we talk about Brady Dean? Sure. Uh, over 300 yards passing, yeah. four touchdowns against Estero, and that was a shootout. And Estero won that game, but, I mean, I think everybody came away very impressed with uh, Terry Dean. Son. And and First Baptist is a team I should have mentioned who was impressive. Even in a loss, you know, Astero's a 6A school, 
three times bigger than First Baptist. Not a great six-day program, but a six-day program nonetheless. First Baptist put up 36 points. I thought that was good. But, yeah, Brady Dean, son of the great Terry Dean, who, uh, you know, was a Heisman Trophy candidate uh, University of Florida before a big falling out with uh, Steve Spurrier up there. Um, and Brady's older brother, Tyler, was a three-year starting quarterback I at remember, First Baptist yeah. a few years ago. From Lee County, I, I want to talk a little bit about Milan Tucker and the catch he made. First play of the game, and uh, down the sideline, straight up Odell Beckham, one-handed grab. What team is this? Fort Myers. All right. uh, Milan Tucker, son of Michael Tucker, All right. a former Major League Baseball player. And it was just, it was very sick. If you get a chance to watch it, find it somewhere. You know it's somewhere. It was, uh, he was kind of in a battle with uh, Palmetto Ridge's Camonte Grimes for catch of the night. Camonte uh, kind of bobbled the pass and then snatched it out of the air mm-hmm. with one hand. It was kind of a who did it better situation. So if you want to let us know who did it better, reach out to me and Adam on Twitter. I'd like to know. I'd like to know who's. Who, who did it better, one-handed catch, Kamonte Grimes, Milan Tucker. Let's move on. Surprises from last week. The game I was at, North Fort Myers at Naples, I was surprised with both teams. North Fort Myers, a little better than I expected. You know, they lost a lot, new coaching staff, uh, didn't know what to expect. They looked pretty good. In the second half, Shamari Mason is a kid that looked really good. Their quarterback, Charles, Jesse Charles, I believe the name was. Yes. Um, he made some pretty good throws. Mason is an athlete. And then Naples didn't look as good as I expected. Now, let's be fair. They were without Ches Malusi, the all-around, you know, stud number one recruit in Southwest Florida. 1,500 yards last year. They didn't have him. Even without him, though, you expect their offense to, to move pretty well. They averaged 3.8 yards per carry. Very un-Naples-like. Their two offensive touchdowns were the result of big passes, actually, through the air. So, And the quarterback there is Drew Wiltsy? Drew Wiltsy, senior, first year starting. He looked Okay. They didn't throw a lot in the second half. Kramer even admitted, you know, they were just trying to grind him down, run out some clocks. They kind of got away from the passing game. But he's going to be important when, you know, Kramer even said, they're going to be stacking nine guys in the box to stop Chesma Lucy. So Wilty's going to have to connect on some of those deep passes, which he did. Gotcha. And I'm going to run through some Collier County team. well, some Lee County teams. Yeah. I'm still in Collier County frame of mind. Uh, let's talk about Canterbury a little bit. They're in the Sunshine State Athletic right. Conference, and they played SFCA, who's you know a two-way team. Beat them 6 nothing. but more importantly, as no time remained, they uh, stopped SFCA on the one-yard line. That's a big goal line stand right there. That, that's right? nice. That's and impressive. To, that's, a, that's a good way to start your season. Island Coast, winless last year. They go up to Northport and win 20 to 17. You know, that's a big weight lifted off that program shoulder. Jim Wiseman is their uh, first year coach there. That's a good way to start your season, even if it doesn't count in the standings. Gateway Charter, another team that didn't win a lot of games last year, but they go up to Tampa Bay Shore Christian and take care of business. I mean, I. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what to expect from Gateway this year, but I mean, if they're going, you know, if they're going to go beat up a Tampa team up there, yeah, on the road, that's a long on the, drive. On the, on the road, that's you know, they, they might be tough this year. You know, they might surprise some teams. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to look ahead to the Week One games. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com news-press.com and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. And we're back with Inside Southwest Florida Football. I'm Adam Regan with the News Press. I'm here with Adam Fisher. Let's jump right into the games that count. Week one, first game on the board in Lee County, North Fort Myers at Riverdale. 
I think uh, that should be one of the more interesting games in Lee County. As you said, North Fort Myers uh, played Naples really tough, and then Riverdale makes a huge statement with a 43-0 win over Cypress Lake. I seem to think that Riverdale has enough up front. They have an embarrassment of riches at running back. I think that offensively they'll be able to move the ball and score. But North Fort Myers, I, I mean, a lot of teams have been counting them out this season because of what they lost. The first-year coach, Dwayne Mack, he loves playing that underdog card, and a lot of those guys have a chip on their shoulder, so it should be interesting. That's a matchup that a few months ago we wouldn't have thought we'd be targeting, other than the fact that they're you know two local teams um, not too far from each other. But, yeah, North looked pretty good, and, and Riverdale's on the way up. North had a lot of athletes, though. They may not be super big up front, you know, when you talk about stopping that Riverdale rushing attack, but they stopped Naples pretty well. Again, Naples without their best running back, but Naples still a very, very tough offense to stop. So I think that's going to be a good one. I'm, I think it's going to be low scoring. Interesting. And then in Collier County, uh, Immokalee at the gate. I yeah, mean, man. What, what do you got for that one? This is a big deal. Golden Gate does not have a very good history against Immokalee. A lot of teams don't. Immokalee's very good. They're going to be good again. But Golden Gate, we talked them up last week. I'm sure everybody listening went to NaplesDews.com slash PrepZone and read my uh, 6A12 preview featuring the Golden Gate Titans, who have huge expectations this year. They want to make the playoffs. A win against Immokalee, a playoff team from last year, does a big, big uh, part towards getting them to the postseason for the first time in eight years. If Golden Gate upsets Immokalee, we'll hear the tremors all the way up here in Lee County. That, that would be bananas. But, that would be the uh, story unreal. of next week. And then in Lee County, we'll move to South Fort Myers at Cape Coral. South Fort Myers didn't have the greatest showing against Miami Edison. Turnovers just killed them in that game. I expect a different team. Brian Kahn, I think he'll evaluate the tape, and he's such a great coach to the point where I think the biggest improvement will be from that preseason classic to week one, and I think that they'll handle Cape. They've got some unfinished business with Cape. Uh, Cape held them to negative yardage in week one last year, held them to two points. Cape, uh, weren't they weren't they without somebody or something? Was, wasn't there some extenuating circumstances? I seem to remember. They they played on a Tuesday. Okay, that was the, that's, there the, it the is. extenuating that, circumstances. That was the crazy there. beginning of the uh, season last year before Irma, where we had all those rainouts and delays. Cape with Dale Moore. It should be interesting to see what they bring to the table. They didn't really show too much other than their first two drives against Fort Myers in that preseason classic where they put up ten points. So it should be interesting to see how they improve. And Collier, uh, lately at Gulf Coast. These are two teams that are looking to, I don't want to say rebuild, but basically rebuild. I mean, they're, they're looking to be on the way up. Gulf Coast got uh, shut out last week against Immokalee. Laley scored uh, one touchdown, and it was a kick return. So teams that had losing records last year that kind of fighting you know, to, to get back to, to winning records. I think Laley probably has the uh, more speed, the more athleticism. And if they get a win, you know, on the road at Golf Coast, that's a good start to their season and, and what they're trying to do down there. I think, uh, was it Henderson Francois? That's right. I think he has a big game in this one. Yeah. Uh, um, Golf Coast, I mean, they got rolled in the preseason. And Laley had some flashes. They struggled as well, if, I, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I say he has a big game for that one. We move into a... Interesting game for a Lee County team. A, a good week one matchup. Dunbar at Charlotte. Charlotte was a little down last year, and Dunbar rolled them uh, at home. But, you know, Charlotte, they're so good. Binky Waldrop is such a good coach. Their offensive line this year, all of those guys have experience. They got a left tackle who's going to UCF, and he's going to be matched up with four star Dunbar defensive end. Derek Hunter Jr., he's, wow. uh, he's committed to FSU. That's going to be a really, really good matchup. And Dunbar, like I said, they have so many weapons. 
Uh, Jadarius McKnight, he scored a touchdown on a kick return, and he had a scoop and score. He's going to be playing offense and defense. He's committed to FSU. And then you still got Seneca Millage, dangerous on both sides of the ball as well. It should be a really, really good matchup. Yeah, and these are two heavyweights. I mean, it's one to look forward to. If, if you feel like driving, you got nothing to do, go up there because it's going to be great. Two programs, winning programs recently. And as you said, you know, Charlotte's got some unfinished business, so they're going to be really fired up. And we'll see what uh, Dunbar can do. And a great stadium up there in Punta Gorda. I've never uh, been. It's, it's really, really nice. Okay. So next, Miami Edison, who knocked off South Fort Myers last week at Naples. Naples, it seems like they always host these Miami teams early in the season. What is the deal with uh, the ticket sales? Do they split that, or how do they get all these teams over here every year? Uh, that's a great question. I think it varies from team to team. I think a lot of times it's it's, it's a guarantee. You know, Naples says we'll pay you 1500 bucks to come over, or that might be high. I don't know. Um, I haven't looked into it for a while. But Naples likes to have home games, and they like to test themselves against teams You know th- that are good, but they don't want to travel. So... Best thing to do is get those Miami teams coming over. Miami teams, you know, they're cash-strapped. They're looking for, you know, to play good teams but make some money. This game was set up last year when Miami Edison was supposed to be really good. They were a playoff team from 8A the year before. Last year they weren't very good. I think Naples beat them pretty soundly. But as Coach Kramer will tell you, you never know what you're going to get with these Dade County, Broward County teams because, you know, you think transfers are bad in Lee County. Go over there. It's bananas. Like, entire rosters will change from season to season. However, this year it sounds like Edison's gone the other way. They've got a bunch of transfers to come in. They're supposed to be really good. They won at South Fort Myers last week pretty handily. Naples should have Chesma Lucy back. It's going to be interesting because Miami Edison, they're going to have speed. They're going to be big. They're going to have old Uncle Luke from Two Live Crew is I, what I hear. That, that's, that's what I would be looking for. And you know Uncle Luke's down with Edrin. Maybe Edrin's going to come uh, over for this game. An Uncle Luke sighting. I, well, he has a son on the team, I, I believe. Or, I believe. Or no. So he's, he's been coaching for a while. He's been involved with uh, the uh, youth football in Miami for a while, and I think he might be a coach or he might just be a guy that loves Miami Edison. I'm not sure. Shout out to Uncle Luke. Hope, he, hope he's listening. That's right. So last game in Lee County we're going to take a look at is Estero at Mar- Mariner, uh, probably going to be the news press game of the week. Those Estero and Mariner fans have been voting like crazy. And uh, it's a big game for both of them. Estero with a, a brand-new coach and Darren Nelson. He was on the staff last year. They had an interesting game against FBA that we talked about a little earlier. We talked about Brady Dean for FBA. Tanner Elliott yeah. for, for Estero. I believe he threw for 160 yards, something like that. I watched him last year, and I watched him progress, and he got better and better right. every year. And we joked that, uh, you know, well, he's going to end up playing quarterback for Fort Myers or something like that. There's no way he's staying <laughs> at Estero. But he's there, and I believe that their offense will be much improved because they leaned on their defense last year. With Mariner, uh, we I think we discussed it last week how – they, they're trying to run that wing team, play a physical brand of football, and this would be a good test for them. And Travis Smith over there, he's guys transferring out of Mariner. He's dealing with that, and I think he's doing a really good job over there. It should be a nice physical game. Uh, we'll get to see Rashawn Hunter, who's their all-everything athlete. Right. We'll see him at quarterback. We'll see him at safety, wide receiver. Should be interesting. And we're going to move into our last Collier County game up in Disney World. Baron Collier at Regis Jesuit. Uh, I believe they're out of Aurora, Colorado. That's correct. But breaking news, it will not be at Disney World. Apparently, the uh, this Ooh, is like a big promotion. Breaking thing. news on the show. A company puts together these, um, you know, cross county or cross state games to make money. They couldn't get a um, 
uh, contract with Disney World, I guess, and negotiate. So they're going to play at West Orange High School up in Orlando. Nonetheless, the second year, uh, the Cougars go up week one and play in this uh, kind of interstate game. They're playing a team from Colorado, a good team, a team about the size of Barron, maybe a little bit bigger. Barron Collier, again, looks pretty good, but they were playing a, a team at in Laley in the preseason, who may not be as great as this Regis Jesuit team. So uh, it's going to be an interesting test for the Cougars, who have a new quarterback, but they still have some other guys back and about half their starters on defense. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and Adam Fisher, uh, he talked to St. John Newman coach Damon Jones, and we're going to be back with that interview to see what they're bringing to the table. They went undefeated in the regular season last year, lost in the first round of playoffs, a little salty about that, but uh, let's see what Damon has to say when we come back. Have your say on which high school football matchup should be the game of the week. The News Press and Naples Daily News staffs will select three games in each county and your votes on news-press.com, naplesdailynews.com, or the mobile apps will determine which is the game of the week. We're back. This is Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News and with our coaches segment this week, I was at St. John Newman. I went down there to preview the Celtics season after they went 9-0 on the field last year. They had to forfeit some games for using an ineligible player, but Coach Damon Jones told me that didn't dampen their spirits. They're amped up, they're ready to go again, and they're hoping to have another undefeated season and make the playoffs. Here's my interview with Coach Damon Jones. Here with St. John Newman, this is your third year, is that third correct? Third season. Third season, Coach. Uh, Damon Jones, last year you guys, I think, far exceeded expectations, went 9-0 undefeated the first undefeated season in st john newman history tell me about this season i mean are those expectations going to be even higher and what's it like dealing with the target on your back now the expectations are to be successful week in and week out try to do things the right way get the guys better winning kind of takes care of itself so our focus is being successful we want to be considered one of the better programs in southwest florida regardless of size the boys are doing what we're asking them to do and hard work and effort usually translates into success how were you able to do that? When you got here, they hadn't won a football game in a year. They were 0-9, and then you come in, I think you go 5-5 um, five five the year before, then 9-0. and How have you turned it around so quickly? We got great kids here. We do a good job 24 hours a day with the kids here, you know, from what they get in the classrooms and they get academically and socially to carrying that over into their, their athletic experiences and teaching them to be accountable to each other and selfless and you know and working hard you, know, you show them those little bit of positive gains of success whether it's their squat going up 30 pounds over a winter session or you know they can run a little bit faster you know that builds on them you know being able to block a little bit better or, or catch the ball a little bit better when you can you, know, you get 20 and then 35 guys doing that you know collectively then you're successful they're policing themselves and you know, i've been pretty blessed the last two or three years with great leadership in the locker room um, I've got another great senior class this year and some really good juniors that are leaders. That, you know, they work hard all day long. And, and kids see that and they want to emulate that. Getting them to be their own role models uh, for each other, it's kind of success that can be contagious then. Tell me about this offseason and this preseason compared to last year. Because last year you guys knew you had the ability to be good. I think you guys were all, you know, expecting a big year. Now you know you can be good. I mean, have you seen more energy, more confidence? I mean, what does a 9-0 record do for a football team that following offseason, that following preseason? Last year can't be the fluke. It, it can't be, you know, well, we had a really good group that year, and that's why. Now some of those guys are gone, and so we're not going to be very good this year. 
you know, and the, the mentality of Gardy Paul's, you know, graduated. He was, uh, you know, him and Gideon were studs up front defensively. I got to replace them. You know, I can't let the team down. We want to be good again. So, you know, it's my turn to take on that role. And that means I'm not 260 pounds, I'm 200 pounds. Well, I better start, you know, working my butt off in the weight room and eating and doing everything right so I can step in there and, and keep this thing going. And when we saw that this summer, guys, you know, knowing that they were going to have to play a bigger role and what they were going to need to do to be successful in that role. And that's part of that, you know, selflessness and accountability. That's a winning culture where, you know, next guy's got to be ready to step up and you, know, you can build that depth by guys that are prepared to be that, that next guy up. And we saw that this summer. We had a great spring practice with them. Camp, we had a great fall camp up in Tampa and um, guys want to do that same thing. Guys know it's their turn. And, and wanted to be prepared. That's something that this generation doesn't have a lot of, is that looking forward and being selfless and, you know, and, and being ready. My turn may be tomorrow, so I'm gonna pout and not do anything today. Our guys know that their turn may be next week, but they're gonna be prepared today, because it could be tomorrow, but they're gonna be prepared today. And they're, you know, our coaches, my coaches do a great job of, of breeding that and teaching guys and getting them ready. and. It's, you know, it's reflective of our performances. Well, that's Damon Jones from St. John Newman, who has big expectations after a 9-0 regular season last year and the first playoff appearance in a long time. Damon, thanks for taking time for us. Thank you, Adam. You guys do a great job there. And that was Coach Damon Jones with St. John Newman. And if you want to read more about the Celtics and what they expect this season, my story on them and, and their 2018 expectations is up on NaplesNews.com slash PrepZone. Go read it now, and we'll be right back. After the games each week, go to naplesnews.com, news-press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. Welcome back to Inside Southwest Florida Football. I'm Adam Regan with the News Press here with Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News. And... Every week, we're going to take your questions off of Twitter, Instagram. Adam, uh, you want to shout out your Twitter handle here so they can get at you? At NDN underscore Adam. That's the letters, Naples Daily News, NDN underscore Adam. If you want to get at Adam Regan, me, my Twitter handle is at NP underscore Adam Regan, and that's Regan, not Reagan. So our first question of the week comes from Ryan K. His Twitter handle is at Detroit underscore Ryan. Must be a Detroit native. Do you think this is the year a Lee County team finally makes it past regionals? It's been a while. How when was it? I was trying to think because uh, I want I want to say it was a Starro in '99. No I'm, way. Are you kidding? I, I, For a Lee County team to win a, a regional was, championship, a regional championship, yes. It's, Even these uh, smaller teams, and you know when the regions are only half as big. It's been it's been a while. Ooh. It's been a while. Is this the year? I would say. You have two teams that are capable of doing it. In Fort Myers, like we said, they have a lot of talent at the skill positions, good quarterback and Willie Neal. But then again, Bill Kramer in Naples might have something to say about that. They're going to hook up in one of these rounds. It should be interesting. It'll probably be a regional final. 
Well, that's what you have to ask yourself. Is Fort Myers good enough to beat Naples? That 6A region, it's the three local districts, the one with the uh, Cape Coral, Charlotte, North Fort Myers teams. you got the Fort Myers district with four teams and the Collier County district with four teams, Naples, Baron Collier, Golden Gate. And those teams from the St. Petersburg area are supposedly not that great. Uh, we saw last year Largo got smacked around at Naples. So, I mean, it's basically between the local teams. If you're going to get a team out, it's that region. I'm not going to count out Binky Waldrop at Charlotte. Okay. Uh, they're they're going to be good this year. Either Naples or Fort Myers is going to have to face them before they face off in the regional finals. Or, you know, you never know. Charlotte might end up in a regional final. It might be Naples or Fort Myers. Next team in Lee County that has a shot. And the last couple of years, I feel like they were the best hope for Lee County, and that's Dunbar with all the talent they have. But – as we've discussed last week, there's that roadblock over in Immokalee. They're going to face off in the playoffs, and I'm going to give the edge to Immokalee. So I'm not sure it could happen. I mean, I don't I don't know. We're still not sure. I mean, Dunbar just has so much star power. Um, Can they put it all together when, when the game is on the line? That's a good question. Um, and, and what will Immokalee do against some good teams when they have to get into a fight with some of the younger guys they got playing now? Dunbar and Immokalee, I mean, let's, they're not only in the same region. They're in the same district. So they're going to be fighting for a district title. You look at that region also. It's uh, some schools from Tampa. You know, Jefferson, that's a great school. Robinson. And you look in the Bradenton, Sarasota area. It'll be tough. Bradenton, southeast. That's in that region as well. So that's a tough region. But, I mean, it starts right there in that district. Uh, they got to fight each other first. Second question comes from Tim Hart of Van Dyke Mortgage here in Lee County. He's at Tim Hart Jr. on Twitter. What team in southwest Florida is the most intimidating? I'll let you field that one first. I think year to year, just as a program, it's got to be Naples. I mean, all the guys, and I'm talking, you know, I know a little bit more about Collier County as we've discussed, but Naples has a mental advantage when they step on the field against these teams. You know, a team like Golden Gate, who this year wants to make the playoffs, they want to win a district championship. In years past, they've already been at a disadvantage. Golden Gate's never beaten Naples High School. Palmetto Ridge has never beaten Naples High School. No team other than Immokalee has beaten, in Collier County has beaten Naples High School in the past nine years. And so it's such a mental advantage that they've built on there. They're two-time state champion. And then if you want to talk intimidating just kind of on the field, of course, Naples, you know, has that kind of built-in factor before you get on that mental edge. Immokalee, they just look, they look, you know, fast strong Rollin has them fired up like uh it reminds me of the the big team um, that comes out barking and wolfing in um friday night lights you know that dallas carter team is that what it is dallas carter that's yeah. right um, every team at the teams i've seen that have come out of their you know run out onto the field they, they everybody tries to mimic that with the you know the barking dog right. and stuff like that i saw that last week at riverdale really? the, riverdale tried to do the exact exact same. they must have just watched friday night lights must so, have yeah. to fire them up but uh Immokley's not quite that aggressive about it but you know they're definitely not shy about telling you how good they are and rodlin anthony is not shy about anything so i think those are the two teams on my end what about up here i'm gonna go with a place mm. more rather than a team uh, there's a team that plays at that place obviously right edison stadium mm-hmm. uh, fort myers high school it just the environment there, yeah. I think, is what makes it inti- uh, uh, intimidating. I'm not saying the Fort Myers, you know, you know, the Green Wave, they're not intimidating. It's just the history. You walk in and you see, and they tally how many wins Fort Myers High School has had since the school started. I mean, I think they're up to 600 and something, like fourth or fifth most winningest right. high school. You see that coming in. You walk in through, you know, it looks like you know the LA Coliseum walking in there. And then during the games, you have the Sirianni factor. You have, you know, Sam Sirianni Sr.'s widow always sits in the end zone uh, with her family. I mean, it's just intimidating. 50 years of Sirianni there. And right. 
50 years of you know, winning tradition, that's the most intimidating thing in Lee County, and, in my opinion. And I love that stadium. I don't get up there much, but those big, tall, concrete uh, yeah. bleachers, you don't see that down here. It looks like something, you know, that, and it was built, what, 60 years ago, if not more? Yep. Plus, you know, team take a look at that uh, crappy field and they get intimidated. That's tough. That's <laughs> tough, too. That's tough. If, Naples, Naples ends up play, if Naples ends up playing at Fort Myers, that, you know, that, that they see those mud holes yeah. and those oh, yeah. dirt patches, yeah, and they get uh, they get scared. Now we're going to get to our third question from our buddy Carl Blake at Carl Blake on Twitter. Who is the best player in the area without a D1 offer? Well, this is a good question because, you know, we put together that Big 15 um, throughout the summer, and we, we have these debates because the Big 15 is based solely, not solely, but mostly on recruiting. It's who's the best recruits. You basically got to have D1 offers. There's a lot of good kids that, that don't make the list just because they don't have those offers. The guy that stands out to us, and we, we had a heated debate about him, was um, R.J. Rosales, the quarterback at Immokalee. I lost that debate, by the way. I thought R.J. should have been in the big I mean, R.J., if we're talking about the best players, he's top five, um, at least in Collier County. Uh, we're talking about best recruits, not so much because he doesn't have that D1 offer. If he was four inches taller, he'd be a D1 stud for sure. He's about, what, 5'7", 150 pounds, um, but, but tremendous quarterback. I think that's probably the one uh, that you're looking at down in Naples. Uh, we talk about the size. Uh, North Fort Myers, slot guy, running back, Shamari Mason. He's about five foot four, five foot five, but he looks like he's shot out of a cannon. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, you saw him last week, 125 yards. Then he had two interceptions. Two interceptions. Uh, he returned a kickoff for a touchdown, but it was called, called back. back. Um, he's super fast. He, I was really impressed with him. Again, kid that doesn't have any offers. Uh, I, uh, I I can appreciate you know what Shamari is able to do as a football player, and I, I really dig his uh, touchdown celebration. Right as he crosses the goal line, he kind of puts his head forward as if he's running the hundred yeah, meters. Yeah, yeah, looked like <laughs> he was breaking the uh, line. Yeah, it looked like, like he was he was breaking the tape. So that's going to do it for the questions that I have. You have one question. Yeah, I got one from Twitter. I want to give him a shout-out. The uh, Twitter handle is God Will Guide Me. I don't have a name. It's at A-J-S-A-M-A-D-H. He tweets at me a lot, too. Okay, well, good. Well, good. He, uh, I, I told him to get this honor because he was the first to reach out. He says, who are the top quarterback wide receiver com- combos in Southwest Florida? What do you think? Ooh, I— Willie Neal, Fort Myers, and any one of those. Right. <laughs> Anyone. You have Milan Tucker. We already talked about him and his one-handed catch. And then Yasias Young can can play a little receiver. He's a, he's a running back there. But another guy that kind of runs under the radar is John Calais. I think yeah. that uh, John Calais Willie Neal combo is you're going to feel that throughout the season. Who you got? Well, I think uh, I was trying to think of some really good receivers, and my mind goes to Palmetto Ridge. They got those two sophomores, uh, Malik Dudon. And uh, Camonte Grimes, who we've talked about a lot, both of them with Division One offers already. We mentioned just Camonte had great catches in the preseason game. Their quarterback's Evan Gonzalez, a name you don't know because he's another sophomore, his first year starting. But if he can just get the ball up in the air, they're going to go up and get it. And we've talked too much about Immokalee to begin with, but R.J. Rosales to uh, Charles Toombs is really good. And then at Golden Gate, it's interesting because the guy who was quarterback the past few years is now also taking snaps, but also playing running back and receiver in Jay Harrard. Jay Harrard to Juvinsley Bazil is a great combination as well. Well, that's going to do it for this segment, and we're going to come back with our picks, and I'm guaranteeing victory. I'm guaranteeing victory in our, in our pick segment. We'll be right back with Inside Southwest Florida Football. For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, Go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Follow us on Instagram at NewsPress Sports and NDN Prep Zone. 
on Twitter, NPHS Sports, and NDN underscore Prep Zone, or download our apps. Prediction time. Adam Fisher and Adam Regan here. Every week we're going to pick 10 games, see who does the best. Let's get right through them. North Fort Myers at Riverdale. First on the list, who you got? Coin flip game. I'm going Riverdale. And my coin landed on North Fort Myers, so I will take the Red Knights. You got South Fort Myers at Cape Coral. Who you got? I got South Fort Myers. As do I. I think they have the most talent. This is this is the toughest one for me. Dunbar at Charlotte. Another coin flip-ish type game, but I think the edge lies with Charlotte playing at home. Mm, man, I really want to go against you just because I'm a contrarian, but I agree. I think Charlotte at home is probably the way to go. So I'll take Charlotte. Astero at Mariner. I'm going purely off of Astero's performance last week and the 36 points they scored against FBA. I'm going Astero. And I'll take Mariner. I think they just have a little bit uh, more more speed and athleticism there. Fort Myers going all the way out to Cluiston. Trap game. Sure, yeah. Still going Fort Myers on and the speaking road. of great stadiums, Cluiston has a phenomenal yeah. stadium. Uh, but I'll take Fort Myers as well. Let's move down to Cypress Lake at Island Coast. Two uh, teams that hope, hoping to be on the rise. But what do you got? Cypress Lake lost 43 nothing last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on the comeback. Cypress Lake. Um, and I'll take Island Coast just because I want to go opposite of what Adam Regan says. Let's go down to Collier County. Immokalee at Golden Gate looking to be our game of the week. What do you got here? Oh, man. I, I really want to be that guy that chooses Golden Gate yeah. at home, but I'm not. Immokalee. Yeah, I can't pick against Immokalee until they lose, so I'll go Immokalee. Laley at Gulf Coast, teams we, we mentioned earlier. I'm going to go Laley. You know, I got to go Laley, too. Again, I'm trying to pick opposite from you, but I got to go with my gut. Miami Edison coming to Naples. Not, Naples doesn't lose very often at home, nope. but you got a really nope. good team coming in. No way. No way they lose at home. Naples. I will take Miami Edison just based on what I've heard and uh, the fact that Naples did not look great last week. So I'm going to take Edison. Now let's move back up to Orlando where the Cougars of Baron Collier are playing a team from Colorado, Regis Jesuit. And we don't know much about them, so we're kind of picking blind here. But what do you think in this one? Uh, Regis Jesuit has had four nine-win seasons. You're just making this up. You, you didn't do research I, on Regis Jesuit. I did. I did. I did. And I'm going to go Regis Jesuit, despite all the good we saw from Baron Collier. I also, I also will go Regis Jesuit just because I don't think Barron's as good as they were last year, and they played a team like this last year up north, and, and they lost a close one, a close one. But I'll take Regis Jesuit. Well, that'll do it for Inside Southwest Florida Football with Adam Regan of the Fort Myers News Press and Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News. We hope you enjoyed all the analysis we brought to the table this week, and we will get back with you next week for week two of the regular season, episode three of this podcast. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Thursday at noon to get you ready for the coming week's games. <laughs>